0: Welcome to the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. Your weekend wake-up tradition. It's Rosie on the House.
1: And it was this month, 25 years ago. Arizona recorded its hottest day ever, 128 128 degrees in Lake Havasu City, which is a featured town of our Arizona staycation this month here at Rosie on the House. Hopefully our winners won't experience that this month, but they will get to experience a great time at the Nautical Inn Resort right on the waterfront of Lake Havasu. Havasu means blue-green water, and Bob Hirsch's May 1971 issue of Outdoor Arizona magazine, which was only 50 cents at the time, Bob called it the blue-green wonder. If you like water, Havasu is for you. The lake is a unique combination of progress, isolation, sun, sand, fishing, sailing, boating, and just plain enjoyment that's hard to match anywhere else.
2: This is a year I'd want to go.
1: It's on the westernmost edge of Arizona along the Colorado River, north of Parker, south of Bullhead. And sits at the base of the Mojave Mountains. Unless you just like rock climbing in a four-wheel drive, State Route 95 is the only way in or out, coming north or south. All its known inhabitants. There is an incredible resource we found this week called the Arizona Room at the Barton Bar Center Library. That's where you did your research? We did, and we had a blast. We found this really neat book called Glyphs and Quarries of the Lower Colorado River. It's compiled by uh, Joseph Izu and Jeffrey Alsulch. One of them is a native of Tucson, and they documented five research sites along the Colorado River from about Bullhead down to Yuma, including Palo Verde Point. The majority of the petroglyphs located on the eastern face, the boulder, and include several anthropomorphic figures, all kinds of stick figures, circle heads, at least one zoomorphic quadruplutu is evidence <laughs> as well. Most of the petroglyphs are geometric or abstract in nature, consisting of series of wave lines, circles, X's, plane circles, parallel lines, and less easy uh to describe motifs. In other words... Re- it's really hard to scratch a 90-degree angle into a rock.
2: Well, Do you get there by jeep? Foot? You don't know? Okay. But if you're in that part of the area, it'd be worth looking into, huh?
1: This is a 2,000-page book. I haven't gotten that from Oh, yet. okay. <laughs> a lot of these geographical sites aren't open to the public or are published otherwise for preservation.
2: Oh, got it.
1: So we've got a special guest on the line. I've been trying to get him for a couple of weeks. In fact, I've got, you, you wouldn't believe the stack of articles I've been saving for Mr. Doug Ninsel of DOT to talk about all the things going on on Arizona highways. Good morning, Doug. Hey,
0: Romy. How are you?
1: Good. How are you, sir? You know, I don't think I've seen you in person since uh, a Saturday morning when KTAR was still on Central and you still worked here.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've uh, I've aged gracefully uh since then well you sound Jennifer, just the how are same you?
2: i'm good thank you very much
0: you bet i wanted to say hi as well but
2: <laughs> i appreciate that um,
0: well we we appreciate you having ADOT on so we can talk to folks about a, a few of the things that are going on it's uh it's a busy time for the agency and uh, just a lot of things going on
1: and y'all were very nice to not uh, disrupt a lot of the highways with construction during Memorial weekend. But you've tripled up on us this weekend, and we'll get to some of those closures. Uh, <laughs> but, but a couple questions. You're going to put me to the test. Huh? <laughs> Just a couple bigger picture questions that I've always wondered. Uh, how many miles of roads is ADOT responsible for?
0: Well, it's around the state. The number is uh, approximately 6,800 Uh, miles center lane or center line miles of state highways around uh, Arizona. So um, we're getting closer to 7,000 as as we move through the years. But um, the last time I checked, we were at about 6,800 miles. So uh, you can just imagine, yes, we are a big state. And uh, ADOT's responsibility uh, in all of this is that we uh, both build and maintain the state highway system uh, here in the state. We're not responsible for the local roads, although a lot of folks like to ask us questions about uh, that. But uh, we're, we're responsible for the state highway system here, and that would include the Phoenix area freeways.
1: Now, what does it cost? And I know location has a big factor to this, but just out of curiosity, one mile of, of freeway, what does that cost to construct?
0: Yeah, it's it's... It's a lot, and uh, it used to be, you know, when I first started out at ADOT more than 20 years ago, we would be able to tell folks it was about $30 million per mile. That cost has gone up, but uh, and I don't know a precise number in terms of average because we we don't have a lot of projects where we're building a brand-new freeway. So the South Mountain Freeway is an example, but that's sort of an anomaly because of uh, the, uh, where it's being built and and that's what you were saying the location um, because the cost really varies by what the project calls for and the example being the southbound freeway is unusual in that we're building it all at once uh, 22 miles of freeway uh, all at once and you may remember when we were building the other freeways like the loop 101 uh, and the loop 202 we would get uh, where we were building three to four miles at a time project by project Uh, but in this particular case the south mountain freeway uh, is being built uh, as a public private partnership project where um, a consortium uh, wound up being the winning bidder Uh, we did have a competition for that but the winning bidder um, is uh, made up of some very major players in the construction industry The Floor uh, Corporation, the Floor Corporation, um, and then they've combined forces with Ames Construction and Granite Construction. Uh, They're the major companies that are uh, doing that design work. Uh, They are doing the building, and ultimately they're also going to be maintaining, uh, under an agreement with ADOT, the South Mountain Freeway portion of our system. So um, I I know your answer was what are you average, but it really depends on. Uh, What is being built? How many bridge structures are being built as part of the project? How many interchanges are are part of a project? And and what are the drainage needs? Uh, Those are some of the major factors. And you know that we're building the big interchange that links I-10 with Loop 202. And yes, that's um, part of our weekend restriction work. And uh, that's going to be taking place for a while where we need Uh, either closures or major restrictions near where the interchange is being built, near 59th Avenue and I-10. But that's a major uh, portion of the construction uh, taking place in order to connect uh, those two big freeways.
1: Which I think will be huge and will relieve a lot of the downtown traffic. Uh, Yeah, the the big thing about the South Mountain Freeway is, yes, it's going to
0: open up travel uh, to the south of South Mountain, and uh, be an important link uh, between the uh, East Valley and specifically the Southeast Valley down in the Chandler area. Uh, That's where uh, drivers are gonna be getting on or exiting, of course, to I-10 on the southern part of that project. And then you go 22 miles around South Mountain and then ultimately head northbound to make that connection uh, at 59th Avenue and I-10. Uh, That's going to open things up where uh, drivers who don't want to travel into the downtown region near Sky Harbor Airport uh, using the inner loop of I-10 north of downtown, they won't need to do that. They can choose to use the South Mountain Freeway as a good connection uh, to be able to uh, skip going into the inner city.
1: Which I'm really looking forward to when I travel to Tucson because it is so unpredictable what the traffic in Phoenix is going to do. When I leave Whitman, I actually go out uh, 85 like you're going Gila Bend, like you're going out to San Diego, and then come across uh, back on 8, the Phoenix bypass route through Gila Bend and Casa right. Grande, because I know exactly how long that'll take me. You go through Phoenix, there is, all bets are off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, I hope you've, notice some of the improvements to 85 itself, and we have some other projects for the future to continue to make those improvements. But we're often uh, recommending uh, that particular route that you mentioned, especially with the work going on on I-10 right now. Uh, If someone is inbound from California, we're often mentioning that as the way to bypass the construction taking place in the Phoenix area. Take the uh, State Route 85 south to Interstate 8, and then you can hook up again with um, I-10 in the Casa Grande area.
1: And that 8, that stretch from uh, 85 to 10 along 8, it's a a very isolated stretch of the desert, but a very pretty part of the desert. And you want to see desert in its natural state undisturbed, man, that's, that's a great road.
0: Yep. Uh, We like to recommend the scenic routes, Um, and that's one of the things that happens. You know, we um, not to change the subject, but another route, and you're probably familiar with it, is that newer section of Loop 303 in the North Valley that connects from I-17, and obviously Loop 303 now connects all the way down to I-10 in the Goodyear area. But uh, some of those uh, segments of Loop 303 are really now through pristine desert. And yes, I'm sure development is planned for future years. But right now, if you want to take a scenic drive, I recommend Loop 303 uh, up there in the North Valley. And I bet a lot of the listeners haven't even uh, driven on that freeway.
2: Traveling from Scottsdale to Surprise to see my mom. I use that often. I much prefer that than the stop stop and go all the way across Bell into... (laughs) and a 200-and-some avenue. So it is is really a beautiful drive.
0: Yeah, I I describe that as a freeway that fortunately was built ahead of the curve. And and so many, you know, through the history of building freeways here in the Phoenix area, so many freeways needed to be built uh, where development already had taken place. But in that particular case, uh, working with the Maricopa Association of Governments, and of course MAG is our regional planning organization here in the Phoenix area, the decision was made to put uh, Loop 303 in place and get that construction done now so that as planned uh, development takes place, you don't have those same conflicts taking place.
1: And when we get back, we're going to talk about, okay, it is built ahead of its time, but it's not done either. And I I drive that Every day that I have to come into town, and you can see that, okay, this is a ramp where an overpass is going to be. I'm on an off ramp now, now I'm on an on ramp, now I'm on the main freeway. So we'll talk about why it is segmented here with Rosie on the House with Doug Densel of ADOT. Cruising through the Arizona Hour with Sanderson Ford and Rosie on the House. True or false trivia for a pair of Arizona State Park passes, good to any. One of the 35 Arizona state parks, including Cattail Cove, which is near Lake Havasu. The lamps that are on the London Bridge in Lake Havasu City. The lamps themselves across the bridge were melted down cannons that were captured from Napoleon during the Battle of Waterloo. True. Or false. Text the answer to four one one nine two three, and we'll select a random right winner at the end of this programming segment. We're in the middle of a conversation with Doug Nensel of A Dot about why, why don't we just finish the freeway all at once? And I don't know if it was true, but I remember uh, listening to Daryl and Carlo a decade and a half ago. By now, I'm sure, talking about well, they don't build the freeways right because they can't get federal funding if they build it right they have to segment and i thought huh, I, don't know, I don't know if that's true or false <laughs> well shed some light on it for us doug
0: you bet romey and you know one other thing to mention we were talking about the south mountain freeway earlier and i started thinking that i didn't say when we're expecting to be, to be finished with that project and i know a lot of folks are interested uh, in that particular topic and Uh, We're looking to have traffic uh, starting to roll on the South Mountain Freeway toward the end of this year. Uh, We do know that the work is going to continue uh, into next year, but we think we're going to be far enough along that uh, we're going to be starting to have traffic uh, utilizing South Mountain Freeway toward the end of this year. So I just wanted uh, folks to have that uh, update this morning. Now, your question is, Hey, the sequencing of building a freeway, why isn't a freeway built all the way out to, say, five lanes when uh, you're just building it uh, for the first time? And you were hitting on the answer. The answer really not necessarily about the amount of federal funding, uh, but it is that uh, there's limited funding uh, at any one time to work on the freeways. And uh, the the voters in Maricopa County did vote all the way back in 1985 on a half cent sales tax and approved that for transportation projects in the greater Phoenix area. And that first 20 years, most of that money went into building our initial freeway system, uh, like Loop 101, Loop 202. Uh, State Route 51 those freeways were built um, with those dollars and then the voters were asked to um, uh, go ahead and uh, re-up that tax it back in 2004 so the extension of the half-cent sales tax was approved by the voters back in 2004 and those dollars uh, are collected uh, locally, and that's a big part of building the freeway system. Um, however, it still is limited funding combined with the Phoenix area's share of federal funding. We have to manage that along with the Maricopa Association of Governments. And MAG makes the decisions on which projects are going to be built in, in terms of a schedule. And ADOT builds the freeways according to that regional plan. And so that's, that's how that works. It's limited funding where you have to decide what are we going to do? And the fact of the matter is, a lot of the decisions went into building your basic freeway, three lanes in each direction, so that we could really start to get that system in place. And now, as additional dollars are available, you start to work on projects, again, in stages where the decision is made to invest in the HOV or carpool lanes that you've seen under construction now over the years. And, yes, that does involve the utilization of a lot of federal dollars uh, under an agreement with the federal government. And then uh, we then work on projects that are going to uh, add that, those extra lanes to the outside, the right lanes. And so that's what you've been seeing happen with a lot of our freeways, including what's going on right now with Loop 101 in the uh, North Valley, uh, in between I-17 and then to the east to Pima Road, Princess Drive in North Scottsdale. That 13 mile stretch now is under construction to add a fourth regular or general purpose lane in each direction, so that project's underway, and we are just launching, really this weekend, the construction to add the additional right lanes along the Price Freeway portion in between US 60 and Loop 202, the Santan Freeway in Chandler. So that project is just getting underway, and we have to build things in stages. The tank is full, and we're moving through the Arizona hour
1: with Sanderson Ford and Rosie on the house. And according to information provided by Lake Havasu City, yes, that is true. The light posts that are on London Bridge were originally cannons captured from Napoleon in the Battle of Waterloo. If you texted true and uh, for you were pulled aside from everyone that answered false and randomly selected, if you're the last four digits of your cell and in, in 2320, you are the random correct winner. And we'll reach out to you and get these dropped in the mail at the end of the broadcast today. Congratulations and enjoy an Arizona State Park. And I tell you what, there is so much to do all over the weekend. There's great stuff going on in the mountains, uh, fun events everywhere. Our promotion team is on site in Cottonwood, uh, in Cottonwood at the Verde Valley Fairgrounds for the Verde Valley Home Show this weekend. You can visit with Lance and Jen out there. We'll have them on in the next segment, but we're going to speed through this segment with Doug Nitzel. I know uh, we've got, uh, I, I've, I've been collecting, and see these articles I've been collecting for Doug, so we're going to pick up the pace here. A few quick questions. One, I got to I gotta congratulate y'all this guy in the h o v lane that uh, dressed up a mannequin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice try, huh? <laughs> yeah, it, exactly it, you, it, you guys invested in cameras because that's a very clear picture <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, he, yeah,
0: and well, you know what i that's more about the Department of Public Safety and the troopers out there mm. uh, keeping a watchful eye because they have the enforcement responsibility, and I believe the um the trooper actually took the photo. Um and um, said yeah d- probably use those same words nice try. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so where do I go to look up deadlines? Because I, I it's great y'all are widening the one hundred and one. It's great the work that's going on on seventeen. But I always wonder every when I'm driving those. Okay, when when will these be finished? And uh, one interesting thing about the I seventeen is I remember reading an article published by ADOT. Uh, It was in a social studies class in high school. You could come in with a newspaper article for bonus points. And I figured out that if I read an article every day, the bonus points added up to at least a B so I didn't have things. to do any homework <laughs> just so long as I read my article every Always day. Working so the system, I got mommy. very good at bringing in an article, and it talked about the need to put roundabouts on I-17 at Happy Valley uh, and that they would last about 10 years. Well, this article was at least, counting backwards, 23 years ago. <laughs> And that they would only yeah. last ten years, so our time frames aren't quite lining up there.
0: Well, and we've tried. We tried to get as much as we could out of those roundabouts, <laughs> Romy. Um, and uh, the the answer is that you know, over time, um, it it really did come down to when enough funding would be available to do a more major project at the interchanges at I seventeen and Happy Valley, as well as Pinnacle Peak Road, and now that is underway uh you may have driven through that work zone and so you're going to start really seeing the new bridges take shape at both uh pinnacle peak road and happy valley road and the roundabouts um yeah we we think they serve their purpose for as long as we could uh have them do that and uh, we would agree with anyone that they uh have have really um, kind of outlived their welcome in terms of the growth and traffic in that area, and so it it was a, a a reason to be able to still have the smaller bridge at Happy Valley, but still maintain the traffic through there uh, with the wider Happy Valley Road on either side of that bridge. So, uh, trying to keep the answer short, but we are uh, we're now uh, into the project that's going to replace the roundabouts with a uh, a whole new interchange at both Happy Valley Road. And then Pinnacle Peak, while it doesn't have roundabouts, that's going to be a a much larger interchange as
1: well. And then north of that, uh, y'all had sent a press release just last night, about a $130 million investment from Black Canyon City uh, north along the I-17 as well.
0: Right. And and, uh, again, one of the major projects we've been working on for several years has been to build the flex lane system uh, in between Black Canyon City, and Sunset Point along I-17, and we had uh, lined up the funding for that already, Um, knew it was gonna be close, but uh, we do have the funding to build the flex lanes. They will be separate lanes uh, that will track next to the southbound side of I-17 in between uh, Black Canyon City and Sunset Point, and we'll be able to utilize those lanes in either direction depending on what the traffic needs are And most of the time, I think that's going to be more of a need for northbound traffic to be able to use those lanes. But we will also have a gate uh, barrier system in place so that when you need to utilize the southbound side, the example being on a busy Sunday afternoon or a Monday holiday, you'll be able to use those lanes for southbound traffic. And uh, again, from a safety standpoint, uh, having a gate um, barrier system we will be able to control which direct direction is using uh, those two lanes. So we have that project ready to start by 2021. What the governor and state lawmakers recognized with the state budget is they agreed to invest another $130 million so that we can build at uh, basically the same time new third lanes uh, along I-17 in between Anthem and Black Canyon City and that will make a world of difference for the flow of traffic along what is that, you know, very busy stretch of I-17, um, and and those are our projects that are coming, and we're looking to wrap all that work up by the year 2023. So I know it's not right around the corner, but uh, in our world, it really is close that we're going to be able to work on the design and get the work started by 2021 and make a, a big difference along that that very important stretch of I-17.
1: That'll be another great addition uh, to that freeway. Again, when I go to Flagstaff, I don't take 17. From I'll either go uh, the back way through Prescott, up 89, and then you take uh, it all the way up to 40. I tell you what, it's just as fast, uh, 93 up to 40 and across.
0: You know, in some cases, that would be uh, true, Romy, in your situation, that um, you found that to be the, the smart way to go, and uh, I know other drivers who are doing what you're saying. They travel north of Prescott to get up to Interstate 40 and head into Flagstaff that way. Uh, but, yes, we're looking to make uh, a, a big difference with the projects that we're going to do, especially knowing that you have disabled vehicles or crashes, uh, especially along that mountainous stretch between Black Canyon City And Sunset Point, if when we have the additional lanes, a separate uh, uh, facility, two lanes, we will be able to utilize those lanes. Even if there's an incident, you can open them up to one direction or the other, depending on where that incident has occurred. So that's the reason for building the flex lanes.
1: Well, that'll be interesting to see. And a flex lane, flexible, it can be used for northbound or when we need it, southbound. So Memorial Day weekend. It's from Thursday through Saturday, the northbound is open, I'm assuming. And then S- Sunday through Tuesday, the or it'll be open north at the beginning of the week. And then Sunday through Tuesday, the southbound, <laughs> everyone well, coming back.
0: Yeah, and I know we have time to clarify. Uh, as we're designing and uh, making those final decisions, they'll uh, probably be something where we – are able to inform folks what the schedule is going to be for utilizing those particular lanes. I know the emphasis would be on the northbound travel, trying to climb that hill. But obviously, there there are going to be times when southbound needs to use those lanes because of the volume of traffic returning from the high country.
1: And you all do a good job of letting people... Know what's going on. You've got a dot com. You've got a very active Twitter account with updates regularly. And then Mom was just showing me the app. I haven't had a chance to play with it, but I downloaded it on the break. There's also an app that y'all yeah, use to distribute we, information we, to the public. That's
0: exactly right that um, we we have the um, various things. But I, I'm always uh, inviting folks go ahead and check out the a dot website. It is a z d o t. Dot gov and when you were asking about deadlines, when is something going to be finished, you can find a certain project right through our website and see what is being said in terms of what are the, you know, the, what is the schedule for completing uh, any one particular project. But uh, uh, then uh, obviously uh, the uh, ADOT Alerts um, app is a good one to have. Uh, in terms of being given right to your phone, uh, you can find out uh, or you will uh, receive an alert that a certain highway is closed, and uh, hopefully you're getting that alert before um, you get to a point where you can use an alternate route. So that's really the reason behind uh, having that uh, ADOT Alerts uh, app.
1: You You also have the... Digital billboards across the freeways you use, and a lot of times there's messages on there that I'm like, who's who's sitting at A. Dot giggling to themselves <laughs> that <laughs> at buckle yeah. up Buttercup, but, but that's not exactly. necessarily all well, A. Dot,
0: and no one, yeah, no one person wants to take responsibility uh, and be, yeah, but it is a lot of teamwork that goes into that at A. Dot, and uh, we we pride ourselves. We get a lot of reaction even from around the country. Uh, on our use of the overhead message uh, boards for having some creative messages out there and hopefully getting the attention of folks. It, it really, that's what it's all about, is getting people to think about something. Uh, we like to tie things into events that are happening. Uh, obviously, pop culture is a, a big part of our lives now. But you, you could have a concert with, uh, say, a major group coming into town, and you utilize maybe the lyrics from a song, Uh, And people identify with that sort of thing. Uh, But the whole goal is to really promote safety and get people thinking about safety and and, um, uh, just being careful out there as drivers. And and we know a lot of folks are young drivers, and and we think they're identifying with that.
1: And y'all had a contest recently where you let people submit entries to what those safety messages should be. Some great examples, uh, do a good deed, don't speed. I like this one, drive distracted, and you may get extracted. Drive right. like your or mom's you a may passenger, get right?
0: Um, yeah, the uh, you may hit upon one, and this Jennifer, you'll you'll uh, probably react to this. Drive like your mother is watching. Mm. <laughs> so, uh-huh. do you have the finalists for us? You know, I I know they've reached the stage where we have the finalists, and we we're asking folks to vote. Uh, for their favorites. And I believe we're getting close to announcing uh, either a winner or winners coming up because the winner uh, obviously is going to have their message put up on the ADOT uh, boards uh, along the highways and we'll invite them down um, to get some recognition for uh, their suggestion. And I believe that's coming up a little bit later here in June.
2: How many boards are there?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I know we're probably somewhere uh, in the range of about 150. Wow. Um, A little bit, you know, most of them uh, are in the Phoenix area, and we've been adding more and more to that network. But around the state, uh, again, yes, we've been adding more and more message boards uh, as part of the network, and we are able to give people that information, including the travel times that, people find to be very helpful especially in the phoenix area when they're planning out their commutes and they uh, know that if that amount of time has gone up that means they might be thinking about an alternate route because um, they they know what the standard time would be if if nothing is uh blocked up ahead
1: Doug Ninsel of Arizona Department of Transportation, A. Dot. Thanks for spending your Saturday morning with us in our Arizona Staycation Hour, where we talk about all things Arizona, including travel. And we thought, you know, we need we needed to get Doug on the line to talk about summer travel because uh, we'll be on the roads a lot this summer, getting up to high country, getting out of the heat, getting into cool weather, and uh, just being safe on the road and having a good. Uh, Emergency kit, being able to change a yeah, tire, get exactly. off the road. Have no, we're definitely
0: water. into the summer travel season. And uh, as you just mentioned, Romy, it's important to have a, an emergency prep kit. We talk about it for the winter season and making sure you have those warm extra clothes and gloves and all those types of things. The same thing holds true for the summer where you want to make sure you have an emergency kit in case you run into an unscheduled Uh, stop along a highway, maybe there's a crash, maybe there's a disabled vehicle that has stopped traffic. Uh, You want to make sure you have that extra drinking water, some snack foods, but uh, all the things that are going to keep you comfortable in case you need to stop. We talk about don't forget that you might need some medications and and don't leave those at home. Um, Make sure that uh, you have checked out your vehicle ahead of time. Um, those things like windshield wipers as we get into the summer and the monsoon, uh, belts and hoses, uh, tire pressure is especially important on your vehicle, especially during the hot months. And then, uh, of course, then when we talk about traveling itself, get plenty of rest if you're heading out on the trip because fatigue driving is a serious problem. It's a, a safety issue. Uh, buckle up, keep those speeds under control, Uh, be patient. Uh, You're sharing the highway with a lot of other drivers. And of course, don't drive while impaired. Uh, We talk a lot about wrong way drivers uh, at ADOT, the importance of not being an impaired driver. Uh, We have so many opportunities now to line up designated drivers. And
1: yes, we do. And I I apologize. Oh, Oh, sorry, Doug. We are out of time. We appreciate you joining us this Saturday morning. Be safe on the roads. Tuned up and rolling. It's the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Board. Hey, we'd like to thank Doug Nitzel for joining us, helping you uh, navigate your way through Arizona highways. dot also is a publisher of Arizona highways, page 52 in their June uh, issue talks about marble viewpoint on the north rim of the Kayabat, absolutely one of the most phenomenal places to go personally. If you've ever been to the top of uh, the ski resort at Flagstaff, Snowball, and you've gotten off on the highest ski lift on a clear day and you're looking north and you see the north rim of the Grand Canyon, Marble Viewpoint is what you're looking at, and this will tell you how to get there, so you can get there and look back and see uh, not only a, an incredible view of the Grand Canyon, but the San Francisco Peaks in the background. Lake Havasu is our uh, destination location for our Arizona staycation. <laughs> Say that <laughs> ten <laughs> times fast. <That's> too early. <laughs> and it's a great place for fishing. There's got eight species, including bass, striped bass, channel uh catfish, largemouth bass, car- ooh, carp, ooh, and wouldn't need a carp, sunfish, catfish, and it is national fishing and boating week and you can actually take out uh your little ones for uh without a fishing license. Arizona Game and Fish is allowing you to do that. azgfd.gov for all the details. Children under 10 already are free for uh, you don't need a, a license to fish under 10. And it goes all week long, June 1st today through the 9th. So if you're looking to get out and fish, it's a great opportunity to get on the lake, get on the water. We've got a lot of great opportunities throughout the entire state, whether you want to go to Alamo or up on the Rim Lakes. Uh, Fool Hollow has an event next weekend going on in Sholo.
2: Be sure you take your crawfish traps because then your kids will get all excited <laughs> about catching something.
1: And that depends on where you're going. The lower lakes, uh, like... Alamo. I have caught one crawfish out of there. Uh, You wouldn't catch any at Lake Havasu, more than likely. So the northern along the river, yeah. Yeah, Still in Bed Lake, like uh, we've caught a lot at Willow Springs Lake. We've caught a lot
2: at Prescott in that little area, that little lake we all met at. Just uh, Goldwater. mm
1: -hmm. Goldwater has a lot of crawfish there as well, and they've got a great event going on this weekend in Prescott. It is the ninth annual Party in the Pines that's going on today in Prescott. You can go to PartyInThePines.com if you're looking to get into the cool, uh, cool pines of Prescott. There's also in Sedona going on is at the pavilions every Wednesday in June. They'll be f- showing a free film just before dusk about 745. They'll start, bring a blanket, sit out with family and friends and enjoy watching uh some old some old movies that we won't have time. And Lance is on the line and we won't have time. Doug was a little long-winded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've got a lot of material here we didn't even get to, including uh, our promotions team at the fairgrounds in the Verde Valley in Cottonwood this weekend. We'll have them on at the 9 o'clock hour. I'm sorry, Lance. We will get to that. And the... the, the birdie valley home show will be opening up here shortly and a little bit later and we'll have them back on at nine it's the arizona hour here at rosie on the house stay tuned it is the first of the month means it's farm fresh and we've got the farm bureau in it our outdoor living hour next